It's right up my street, it's my boulevard, it's right up my straza, oh my god, it's garden right up there, oh, it's right up my podcast. Ooh. Welcome to Right Up My Podcast. My name's Kate White. And my name's Gwen Watson. And this is the podcast in which we talk to truly brilliant people about the truly brilliant ways that they have to make you feel good. And this episode, I know, is an episode that quite a few people have told me they've been waiting long and hard for. This episode, (laughs) we talk to the incredible Mr. Motivator, real name, Derek Evans. I mean, I don't think I need to say any more about him at this stage, do I? (laughs) I can't believe you just said those words, Kate. I actually can't. That we've got Mr. Motivator on right up my podcast. It's absolutely brilliant. It's amazing, isn't it? And I don't think I've ever spoken to anyone as upbeat and positive as he is. I mean, maybe we should just accept that we can't natu- we can't actually maybe all end up as positive as Mr. Motivator by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a but... lifetime of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we can have a go, can't we? But suffice to say, talking to him was every bit as pleasurable as we hoped it would be. Yes. Such a joy. Yes. I mean, we've had Kira from This Life, which was my my celebrity highlight so far. Yeah. But I think I think even she would be all right with us saying that maybe Mr. Motivator even tops that. Yes, <laughs> I did fangirl slightly when we were talking to him. There were a few moments yeah. when I felt a little bit giddy. <laughs> but before we get any further into our Mr. Motivator fangirl session, I feel like I have to apologise to the listener. I'm a little bit under the weather. And if my voice has dropped by a couple of tones, that Ooh. is why I am I am fighting off some sort of bugs, germs. Not COVID, I should say. I've tested myself up to the hilt. It's just your bog standard summer cold, I think. Do they still exist? Yeah. My friend the other day said she had a summer cold. We were supposed to be driving somewhere together. She goes, oh, it's not COVID. I said, I don't care what it is, doll. I'm still not getting in a car with you. All right. I'm a voiceover artist. <laughs> yeah. This, this, you see this here? This is the moneymaker. Yeah. I'm up for some pretty big ads at the moment. I'm not going to get your summer cold. OK, no. thank you very much. <laughs> now, step away. Yeah. Good on you, Gwen. You fight you never. for your, your rights and your health. <laughs> I know. Well, unless we're doing a uh, single ticket to Nottingham, please, um, <laughs> for the tunes advert, then getting a summer cold's not going to help our voiceover careers at all. Voiceover artists all over the UK wait in hope that they're going to get the uh, the tunes gig <laughs> <laughs> for that that moment when they're bunged up. Come on, I'm ready. Hit me with it. <laughs> We were carrying antibac gel in our handbags well before the pandemic. Okay. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes. We've always been very skittish around people coughing and sneezing. <laughs> anyway, Gwen, anyway, what have you been doing to make yourself feel good, my love? Um, well, I'm very lucky. Um, I know I'm very lucky that I live by the sea. So oh. no less than four evenings this week, I've been down the beach for my dinner sitting on my lounger. Wow. Are you (laughs) catching fresh fish? I've got visions of you, you know, catching fresh. no. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't want to actually see things die for my dinner. Absolutely not. (laughs) I like to pretend that they come in a tin or in a packet. Um, But I um, no, I've been swimming and then um, I've been taking down a little Tupperware with my salad in every night and swimming with friends and then eating. And then last night we had a barbecue and it was lush. 
Oh, and so thankfully, nice. thankfully, in my swimming bag, because I live in Pembrokeshire, I'm ready for all um, all weathers and all eventualities. So I have everything in there from my bikini to my woolly hat and gloves. Oh, wow. And yeah. in a day, you can end up wearing all of them. Okay. Um, so rash vest, rubber rubber boots. Um, last night I was in my in my big swimming coat with my hat and gloves on. You know, we just take it all, don't we? We've gone Roll from thirty degrees to fifteen degrees in about three days' time. Keeps you on so, your toes. Stops you getting complacent. Exactly. It would be so boring to be still living somewhere like Australia where it's just warm every day. Like, Oh, that would suck, wouldn't it? How to much know it was going to be suck? warm. Ugh. Yeah, God. And what would we have to talk about? We love I, to talk about the weather. Exactly. I love the threat of hail at any possible moment. <laughs> <laughs> really gives a little zhuzhi to the excursion. <laughs> Even if you're lying there in your swimsuit, you've got to be prepared. <laughs> you never know. Have you, I've had a real mixed... I've had a real mixed relationship with you this week because you've been sending me these gorgeous photos of you down on the beach. My initial reaction is, oh, fabulous. I'm so happy for you. And then it's always tinged by a slight element of like, shit, I hate you so much. And I can't quite get the balance right. <laughs> That's why my um, my um, caption on my Instagram post the other day, one, one of them I'd written like, Oh, I just feel so grateful that I live by the coast. And I thought, no, that's not the right vibe. So I deleted it. Right. Who's the lucky shit who lives by the sea? Me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know it. Hate I on know. haters. This girl yeah. doesn't care. <laughs> Hashtag don't want to rub it in, but dot, dot, dot. Um, so, Love yeah, that's it. been me. Um, how about you, Kate? I went for a swim the other day and in the sea, which was lovely. But there was a... A film of flying ants floating on the surface of the water. Oh my god! So it's weird. flying ant day. Why are they on the water? That what are they doing? So well, I had thirty seconds of oh gosh, isn't this lovely? Look, I'm swimming in the sea. Very quickly turned into oh my god, what's all this stuff floating around me? <laughs> So I don't know if that's in the category of things that make you feel good or things that make you feel nauseous. So the that jury's is out on a, that one. That is horrific. Absolutely <laughs> horrific. Anyway, have you do, been doing stuff to make yourself feel good? I have. So I there were a few people recently that I was like, oh, I really want to thank this person for being really supportive of me or, you know, someone close to me. Not just say thanks, but, you know, give a bit more weight and gravitas to that thanks for mm. stuff that they've done and stuff that they've helped with. And so I sat down. I was like, oh, I'll just write them in. Well, I started off, you know, I went through the hierarchy of communication. Shall I just send them a one word text that says thanks? No, no, no. Cheers, maybe, I'll hop on, maybe I'll hop on WhatsApp. No, it's not good enough. So then I sat down. I was going to send an email. I was like, no, I'm going to write. I was thinking back to our smutty letters episode. Yes. It's like, no, I'm going to write an actual letter with pen and paper. And, I, you know, I, I mentioned, I referenced smutty letters there. That was maybe slightly misleading. We're not going down that avenue with these, <laughs> with these thank you cards. But... <laughs> Um, I was like, no, I'm going to write a letter. And it was such a pleasurable experience to do because I've not got, I've got slightly scrappy handwriting. I hold my hands up and say I well, do write like a small child. as we all do now, we're out of practice. Mm. Ex- exactly. So I kind of had a little think about what I wanted to write before I started writing. So it didn't just end up being kind of rambling with lots of crossings out. And then I just sat down and wrote it. And I think the act of having to kind of think about what I wanted to say in advance and then 
take the time to sit down and actually write this letter, it felt like a really lovely thing to do. It felt like it added weight and gravitas to my my feelings. And then I hand delivered the letters and that felt like a really nice thing to do as well because then you've got that personal connection. And then afterwards I bumped What do you mean you went and put it into people's hands? You didn't post it? No, I went and put it into their hands. And then I bumped into them in the street like, thank you so much for the letter. I don't know, just the whole process felt like a really nice thing to do. It made me feel really lovely. And I think the impression I got was that it meant more to the other person than just receiving a WhatsApp message or an email. Yeah. One of the people I wrote a letter to was my daughter's teacher. And my daughter's had a bit of a sort of a challenging year. And so I just wanted to sort of just show how I... I just wanted to say how personally, how much it meant to me, the time and effort that they'd put into them. That is so lovely. And what it meant to her and, you know, the sort of how... What positive impact it had on my daughter. And I just wanted to sort of let them know that that effort didn't go unnoticed. So it was that kind of letter. I think that's really lovely because um, I'm sure that they don't get that, you know, especially teachers probably, well, people in general don't get as many letters as before. People in general won't be getting letters telling them thank you. And I think it's so lovely to get good feedback and especially for teachers who work so hard. I know. And, the, and for a lot of people, they only hear the negative stuff. That's oh, yeah. just such, that's so lovely. And it's so easy just to not do it isn't it you know yeah the moment passes or you talk yourself out of it it's yeah easy to not do it but I would recommend writing a letter it feels very good that's oh I feel I feel inspired by that Kate that feels like a really lovely thoughtful thing to do yeah and over the years I've had a few friends write me letters if they've had they've gone through something that's been difficult and they've wanted to say that they're they, you know, acknowledge that they're how thankful they are that they've you've been supportive as a friend, and that's been a lovely thing to receive as well. So then yeah. you receive it, and it makes you feel good. You want to pass that on, and you know, do that for somebody else. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, I'm so going to do that. Love yes. that. Yes, yes, yes. Do it. Yeah, well, no, you're good. I, you've sent me a few little notes and cards in the past. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like to send a little postcard. You send a, a little, little postcard to our rump clan, don't you? Yeah, I do. Little spoiler alert there, everybody gets a little personal thank you with my own that. scrawl on it. You've got a good <laughs> scrawl though. What am I what have I write up my podcast postcards? They get that to stick on their fridge. I love it. I think it's such a great idea. So yes, with all this letter writing, I've uh, I've not been keeping up with uh, what's going on on Telebox. Come on, Gwen, <laughs> hit us up with it. What's the hot not to be missed watching going on right now? Do you know what? Often our conversation is that you've been too busy to watch telly, but I am never too busy to watch telly. (laughs) And um, I'm delighted to report that one of our faves, one of our lockdown faves that helped us get through because it was schmaltzy, it was a bit ludicrous, it was romantic. Uh, Virgin River is back for season four. Now, let me just tell you, if you love great script writing, if you love really um, intricate plot, if you love second to none acting, um, then this is not for you. But if you love... (laughs) If you love... I was hanging off your every word there, Gwen. (laughs) I knew what I was doing there. Um, If you love just something... It's a bit like a Mills and Boone romance brought to screen possibly written by the church (laughs) but it's got a couple of hot men in it um then oh my god virgin river is such a brilliant um 
such a brilliant step away from reality. And it did come out. The first season was during, I think it was during the first lockdown. And it was such a brilliant um, departure from from life, basically. A bit like, you know, when Bridgerton came out on Boxing Day in yes. 2020. Like, it was yes. just such, it's what we all needed. Um, I would say that... Um, it's possibly not been as brilliant as the first season as it's progressed. Season four came out just last week. But I tell you what, um, it's I'm loyal to it. It's like an old friend. Mm. Me and a friend, we've admitted that it's our guilty pleasure. So we're watching it together. Oh, I like that. <laughs> and yeah, absolutely brilliant. It is about a nurse practitioner who moves from busy Los Angeles to a mm-hmm. remote northern California town and is surprised by what and who oh. she finds. And Excellent. let me tell you, the who often just has his shirt open, making it all worthwhile. Um, oh, okay. But the, <laughs> the scenery is amazing. It's like these sweet being amazing landscapes that but it is apps i mean it is trashy romantic tv at its best sometimes there's something so comforting about that isn't there and you were saying you know it's like revisiting an old friend there's something so lovely about that you know the characters you're familiar with the nuances and it's just like oh okay i'm just gonna slink into this and it's gonna be a lovely half hour pure escapism yeah and i have to admit when i said earlier that i've not been watching any telly and i've not been watching anything fresh and new is what i meant i have Mm. been addicted to because i've just discovered schitt's creek i've never watched it before (gasps) and i can't get enough of it i'm just binging it and you made me think of it when you were talking about the moving from the crazy LA lifestyle to the rural small town I mean it's got oh, that yes, vibe to it hasn't it which is exactly what they've done exactly exactly so and that is just pure genius total oh genius oh my god and Shit's I Creek a- is so funny it's one of the funniest TV shows and I have a confession to make I only realised yesterday that the father character and the son character are father and son in real life. Yeah. Da, da, da. Obviously, they look like carbon copies of each other. How have I not picked this up? <laughs> I was just thinking, what no. incredible casting. They could actually be father and son in real life. <laughs> Do you know that their daughter, his daughter and um, his sister is also in it? Oh, really? Which character she, do they play? She is the one, um, what's her name? Is it Trudy who works in the cafe? Oh, yes. That's his daughter, is it? That's his daughter. No way. Incredible. Tyler. Tyler. Toyla. 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 Yes. She is the daughter. So it's a family affair. Eugene Levy, who plays the dad, he's from films such as American Pie. Yes. Um, Dan Levy, I've not seen in stuff before, but he's absolutely hilarious. And then, of course, you've got... I'm going to say the star of the show, yes. who is Catherine O'Hara, she who plays Moira. is genius. She's absolutely genius. Oh, my God. It's like she's invented her whole own language in it, yeah. the way she talks. Yes. Oh, my God. But she she was the mum in... Um, she was the mum in Beetlejuice and the mum in Home and Home oh, Alone. My God, of course she was. I was trying to work out what I'd seen her before, and that's it. Yes. Oh my God, Beetlejuice. Yes, she's just brilliant in it. And like you said, oh the way God. she um, imitate, like what's the word? Not imitates. Um, um, well, I I don't even know how she does it, but the, she puts yeah. emphasis on a different syllable yes, when she's talking. It. That's it. So clever. <laughs> she is a masterclass in comedic acting. Yeah. And it is one of those shows that is a little bit of a slow burner. The first yeah. series, I think a lot of people go just try it and then leave it after about three episodes. You've got to persist. 
You Definitely. have to persist because it gets much, much, much funnier. It's so funny. It's just pure genius. It's brilliant. It's brought so yeah. much joy to my life. And last night, because I'm not feeling very well, last night I went to bed about eight o'clock and I just sat there back to back watching episodes. Oh, my God. Brilliant. I felt a lot better afterwards. It's the tonic you didn't <coughs> know you needed. Oh, you poor thing. <coughs> oh, sorry. <coughs> oh, bless you. Oh, dull. Sorry. So gross talking to someone who's just hacking their lungs up the whole time. I don't mind because it's um, I'm nowhere near you. So <laughs> carry on. Ah, it's right up my podcast. Now, just a reminder about our Patreon page. This is where we put our extras from our episodes and where we put all our jingles and also where Kate and I do a little bit of extra wiffle waffle just for your delectation. Now, we don't rely on advertising in order to fund the production of Write Up My Podcast, but we do have a Patreon page where we would love it if you could go over and if you can donate the cost of a cup of coffee once a month, that would just help to cover the time and the costs that Gwen and I spend in putting these episodes together, cover the time of our talented team who help us out and help us keep producing episodes of Write Up My Podcast with fabulous guests that we know you'd love to listen to. If you'd like to become one of our supporters, head on over to Patreon com forward slash write up my podcast. So this is episode 30 of Write Up My Podcast. It is exercise with Mr. Motivator. That is right. This episode, we are talking to Derek Evans, a.k.a. Mr. Motivator. Now, I'm assuming that a lot of people listening will know exactly who this is. But for those of you who don't, Mr. Motivator was a familiar face in most households in the UK during the 90s with his regular workout slot on GMTV and generally popping up everywhere in brightly coloured lycra. He's a fitness instructor, a healthy living champion and probably one of the most positive and upbeat people you will ever meet, despite having had an incredibly challenging start to life. So we met with Mr. Motivator at the Big Retreat Festival and we started our chat with him by marvelling at his ability to still pull a crowd. Now you may hear another voice pop up in this interview (laughs) and that's because we had one audience member for this interview and it was such a lovely intimate setting she thought that she could join in. (laughs) Now, we were very entertained to hear that my partner messaged me to say that you were on the main stage and there was a bigger crowd for you than there was for Top Loader last night. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the thing is, I mean, I've been doing this for so many years now and, um, and I think if you give people joy, a good feeling, um, you know, it spreads and people talk about it, don't they? And they all want a bit of it. It's a bit like you go to a restaurant, the meal is good, you tell your friends and they'll go back and sample it themselves. And hopefully if they like it, they'll keep telling people about it. Yes. It's been a long walk down to the to the right at my podcast tent, actually, because we've been stopped many times yes. for people yes. to get a selfie <laughs> a with Mr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying that this is the norm now. You can't go anywhere yeah, fast. Yeah, it is. And I'll always make time because I think, you know, look, if, if someone makes the effort to come and want to shake your hand or take a picture, I think you should. You know, there's no reason why you should say no. A lot of people tend to forget where they come from, but you know, at the end they must never ever forget, you know, that we are all the same but just slightly different. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, when was Mr. Motivator born? Because you're, <laughs> you're, you're not really, you weren't Christmas Mr. Motivator, were you? Yeah, but he was born. He was, yeah. born, in ni- he was born in 1952, so I'm 70 this year. Mm. And, I, and I think, you know, look, I think we all have a, 
image of ourselves that we probably hide behind sometimes, whether it's the makeup, whether it's that special clothing, that's the time when we feel comfortable. Mr. Motivator gives me kind of poetical license to be this jovial young person, which keeps me young and keeps me um, functioning. Mm. Yeah. And can we just describe your outfit today? You can try and describe it. Not sure <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> Go on, Gwen. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, then. Mark's out to Here we go. Let's sit well, back and enjoy them. There's a lot of, of um, sort of Jackson Pollock-esque leggings. Yeah. Not yeah. leggings, no, you're, you're more of a trouser man and yeah. it matches your hat. Mm. You were saying that you get them tailor-made. Yes, I get all my stuff made. Um, well, I, again, I think it's important that you you know, get dressed in the skin that you're comfortable in, you know, and uh, and for me, I don't like things off the shelf. I, I like just creating my own image and feel and stuff like that. And it's what, to be honest, is what motivates me, keeps yeah. me going. Now, you used the phrase earlier, we've just listened to a beautiful talk that you did in the talk tent. You used the phrase about the curative power of mm. exercise. Mm. Can you talk a bit about that, please? You know, I, there is a curative power of exercise. And sometimes, you know, most of it's a most of us have probably, I can't even get the words out, I'm so tired. Uh, most of us have probably said the same thing, you know, there must be some kind of curative power to exercise. But guess what? All the research out there done by professors, organizations, have all arrived at the same point. Yes, there is a curative power to exercise. If you have a conditioning, a condition that may be bubbling underneath, the moment you start doing any kind of activity, it slows down the rate at which that condition comes to the surface. And I know, and I, I believe that all of us should embrace, embrace an active lifestyle. And that starts with the way we sit, the way we stand, you know, thinking about, always be conscious about what you're putting in your body. If you have a car, you don't, and it runs on petrol, you don't put diesel in it. Sure. Mm-hmm. You make sure you put, and if you want it to be efficient, you have a God-given life, you need to look after it. So exercise is curative. There's a lot of power you get from it. You feel good when you're doing it. There's some happy hormones you release whilst you're doing it, and it lasts for hours afterwards. Now, you've had a bit of a renaissance during lockdown, haven't you? Somebody described you as the Joe Wicks for the older generation. <laughs> you, but, but seriously, you've been doing a lot for people, um, for older people, to, to get more active. How, how has that come about? It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I've heard the Joe Wicks name meant the, the Joe Wicks. In fact, it's all the other way around. Joe Wicks is the new Mr. Motivator. Well, well it can only absolutely. Be it can only be that way. But at the same time, the world is made up of lots of different people, lots of different ages, and I believe my appeal works from the very young right through to the very old. And at the end of the day, the exercise that I teach is very much more for everybody. So I do a lot of work with people who are disabled. I do a lot of work with the older age group, which is really important for me because every single one of us will end up in that zone eventually. And I think it's important we put in place right now. I said earlier in my talk that, you know, there is, because there's a curative power to exercise, the greatest gift you can give yourself, your family, and all your colleagues is an independent, healthier you. And that only comes about if you get active. And that doesn't mean doing aerobics, doesn't mean you have to do weight training, just getting up, walking, going up a few hills, that kind of stuff is enough. Yeah. So if you're not active, what's the best way to get started? Yeah, I think with every one of us, we need to, there's a trigger point for all of us when we want to do it. Because if you don't want to get up out of the seat, no matter what words I put to you, you ain't going to do it. But I believe I can create the right atmosphere for you to at least start tapping your feet. And that maybe begins with my voice, the music. And if I can get you tapping your feet already, I've started you to move, right? And then the next stage after that, I've got to engage you now to get up. Most older people have difficulty getting out of a chair. Yeah. Most. 
and yeah. a bed they go this is too low i can't get out of it and yes still the little practices you can put in place that'll make it much easier for you to get up out of the chair right and ensure that you get your independence or maintain your independence and that's what it should be all about let's find a way we can get everybody in a kind of more active lifestyle so that way they will you know um hold on to their independence as they get older and you talked about it's very easy when you are maybe in that phase of life when it's easy to get out of a chair without thinking but actually you've got to put in the work yes. then to help yes. you later absolutely right and instead of what happens is this is that normally if we want to get up we probably just use the arm of the chair sometimes or maybe we just stand up but essentially what we should be doing is training our muscles to be able to go into the right position when you're ready to get up no matter how old you are so i always say to people listen slide to the edge of the chair right to the edge or the bed and then bring your heels back towards the bed or the chair put your hands on your thighs keep looking into the corner of the room you rock three times and you push with all your might and you stand up and if you remember that and keep doing that you're training the muscles you hear people talk of muscle memory you're creating muscle memory so that way later on when you really need it the muscles are already attuned this is making me think of um, Kate's mother-in-law, who apparently every time they go to visit, she demonstrates how easily she can stand up. She's like, look how I can stand up. Right. Most people my age can't stand up. Oh, We're exactly like, right. bravo, yeah. bravo. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and shout out to my personal trainer, uh, Sheila, who is always telling us, like the bunch of us who are in there, we're, we're in our 40s, but she's saying to us, the most important thing you can do is get your strength training in place so you can pick yourself oh, up absolutely. off the floor. You know, and as we get older, weight training is very important, you know, um, because the thing is, because of muscle atrophy, which is where the muscles aren't being used, as you get older, people are more likely to want to fall, yeah. right? Um, and it's all because we have stopped using those important muscles that keeps us upright, and you really need to get back into it. So I applaud every single older person I see who's still chopping wood or doing the gardening or climbing upstairs or never moved to a bungalow. That is sure death. Yes. Always, okay. always yeah. live with their stair, stairs. Yes. Yeah, my mum really struggles with our stairs because she lives in a bungalow now. Yeah. And um, yeah, and the worst thing you can do is just sit down all day. I mean, well, not only for the for older people, but for us who yeah. are sat at desks, yeah. I think it's only just really emerging how bad it is for us. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it, it was equated to being bedbound in oh, the yeah. hospital. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's so easy, right, to fall into this kind of zone where what you do is you just don't do anything. You kind of just lounge around all day. But trust me, you will pay dearly later on in life if you don't do something about it now. Mm. So the last four years have been a crazy period for everybody for all sorts of reasons with the COVID pandemic being slap bang in the middle of that. And you talked about the four things that you've embraced in the last four years. Yeah. Could you share them with us now? Yeah, yeah well, I, I think it's, it's really important that we all get reflective about what's gone on. And if you haven't had the chance really to really kind of sit down and look at it, it's probably the one period in our lives we will remember exactly where we were, what we did almost to the month, almost to the day, you know, exactly what happened. And for me, it's kind of very personal because the life, life lessons I've learned is this, there are four things. One is the importance of a home. Right? And because there are lots of people right now who don't have the luxury of a home. And there was a period in my life when I was homeless. And trust me, you know, that was probably the darkest, blackest time of my life. And you're desperate. You desperately want to get to the point where you do have your own place. Whether it's rented, doesn't really matter. As long as you've got your own place, that's part, that's part of who you are and, and what makes you who you are. The second thing is having a choice you know, in terms of what you eat is wonderful. That is a wonderful blessing. You open up the fridge and you got it. You can go, you know what? 
I'm not going to have anything now. Mm. I've been able to close the fridge. Isn't that great? Think mm. how many people don't have that choice. It's ultimate privilege. Yeah. It's, it's, and the thing is, we don't count it as a blessing. Even if all you've got in there is your dinner or your lunch, right? You have got a choice, right? Think how many people don't have a choice. And I came from the point where there were times when I had to make a choice between feeding my daughter or feeding myself when t- things were tough. The third thing is health. Don't take your health for granted. We have learned over the last two years how important your health is. And those who have suffered with COVID very badly, very often they've said it relates back to them not being very healthy. And so therefore the recovery has been slower for them. Right? I think it's a bit generalization, but essentially I know what they're getting at. So never take your health for granted. You know, there's no saying many a man has sacrificed his health in pursuit of wealth and then spent his wealth trying to regain his health. And all he found was a grave. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Painful, yeah. So what am I saying to you? Look after your health. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is love. Who you love? Come on. That's your business. Who are we to be out here saying you should be loving that person or whatever it is? Who you love, that's you. And if you love them, love them unconditionally because we know that good feeling it gives us. And I believe that love is the fuel that makes us work late, get up early and then carry on, right? There's one thing I really hate. If my wife tells me she loves me, I never answer back, I love you too. Okay. Because to me, the moment that she said it was a real glorious moment. And I want to surprise her as well by saying it when she's least expecting it. Whereas when you go, I love you too, it's a throwaway line, really. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Drips when, off if you the really tongue. Mean, yeah, drips off the tongue. You know, it, you know if, I, if I look you in the face and I go, you know what? I really love you. Mr. Motivator. <laughs> 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 Did you in the face? Well, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I get the point you're making. You're not actively thinking that and doing it. You're just responding to someone Absolutely else. It's right. more passive. Absolutely right. Whereas, you know, you, you're walking and you go, you know what? You're really like slice of bread you are with Yum. jam on it <laughs> 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 hey i've not had lunch this is making me hungry now yeah, yeah. so do you go for a more hand solo approach she says i love you you go i know yeah that's the other way thank you, I know. Yeah. you no i actually say you've got good taste yeah, yeah nice. <laughs> well done you yeah well yeah. done you. <laughs> This way to work a thousand times before And the way that I'm walking to work has become quite a bit of a bore, yes I need to find a way to shake it to something new I've tried new trousers, heck, I've even tried buying new shoes If I just look upwards, I might see something new Pull myself differently, a totally new attitude, yes And being right here now doesn't have to be no drag Unlocking this mindfulness is the best feeling I've had Would you believe it? I appear to be muddled again I can't seem to shake off this repetitive boring refrain And are we all doomed to think the same thoughts every day? Oh, could it be, should it be, might we be looking for some different ways? Ooh! keep physically active or how do you keep physically fit how do you keep going well you listen it's really important you know for every one of us if you want to actually get fitter for you to have a goal 
my goal is it'll be a terrible state of affairs if I was to arrive and I didn't look the part of what I'm trying to teach everyone to be. Yeah. So therefore, there's my goal. I've got to maintain my level of fitness. But as you get older, you've also got to modify your fitness. So whereas I go, I went mad in my 30s and 40s and did star jumps, bird peas, I levitated, I did, I walked on water, right? In, in your 60s, you get real, right? There's no walking on water, right? And you do star jumps, you may do one to demonstrate, but you don't do as many. You do burpees, you do one to show the technique, but you don't do as many. I do a lot more weight training. Every day I do something. My wife and I train together most days. Uh, I've got lots of personal appearances which require me to be fit. So therefore, that is the class I do. Like today, I did a class. And that's 45 minutes of my mouth probably exercise more than my body but there you go. <laughs> yeah it's a workout um, yeah that's a workout so it so for me it's weight training definitely something aerobic i don't like running you never see a happy jogger do you <laughs> that's yeah. such a good point yeah. they're happy afterwards when yeah. they're in the shower but they're never happy when they're jogging whereas me you catch me walking and i'm smiling away i'm laughing with my socks off right so that's yeah. what i do and I think a lot of people forget that exercise can be fun. And this is at the heart of the, mm. the work that you've done, isn't it? You can be having fun oh, while you do this. Right. Absolutely right. You know, it's, it, it's quite interesting. It's funny when you said that, um, you know, um, I've got had a resurgence. Television, I stopped doing television for many reasons because I wanted to kind of rebuild my brand. But I wanted my brand not to be focused totally on the entertainment I bring to fitness. I wanted people to understand that there's a deeper side to being well and this well-being and that well-being is mental well-being is physical well-being so all those elements thrown in the only way I could do that was to get away because whilst I was on television every time they saw me all they wanted was for me to do the entertainment an expectation yeah, yeah. and so I've been out there talking with comp doing company talks and opening fairs and doing music festivals and all that kind of stuff which allows me to actually encompass everything that I'm about yeah you mentioned earlier about uh, mental health we mentioned now about mental health but you um mentioned about how it can be a bit harder for men sometimes yes. to let go and express yeah. those emotions yeah because men think it's a weakness they think it's a weakness if i if if i'm crying if it's a weakness if you're showing wrong i believe you become a better man when you um show that kind of weaker side of you it softens you up a bit and so if you feel happy you should cry if you feel sad you should cry why not you know and and i cried i cry not often but i do you know because i realize it's a wonderful way of creating a relief and um and just making you for that moment feel good and that's probably why women do cry because you do feels great and, and, and it feels great relief, yeah. yeah it gives you me and i and i've had to learn that yes it gives me relief and it makes me feel so much better mm. now I know that a lot of people will have said this to you, so I'm apologising, I'm going to say exactly the same thing, but we were brought up with you. <laughs> when we, when we were yeah. So um, obviously you've got a very loyal fan base yeah. in, in the uh, of a certain, people of a certain age, but how are uh, younger people? Are you kind of um, oh, tapping big, into them? Do oh, they love you as well? That is huge for me because mm. only last week I did a um, tr live transmission at a school in Manchester which went out to... I think it was 30 schools it went out to. So we had thousands of children taking part because they want the fun of exercise. It's not serious, right? They want that. So they want all the noise and the movement and the coordination and stuff like that. And they love it. And so I'm picking up a new, brand new audience with, with children, which is great. And, uh, you know, long may continue because I think if we can get them in the right zone, 
and, and get those messages in there. You won't remember the green cost code, man. Of course we do. I don't know if I do. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, Kate's a bit younger than me. She has to bring this up every single episode. <laughs> remember the green cost code? Right, OK. Mm. Well, the green cost code, man, was dressed in a, like a lycra suit and he had a big cross on his chest and he said to you, when you come to the crossing, look left, look right, look left again, and if the road is clear, you cross. Uh-huh. He was never there but you'll always remember that message. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe Mr. Motivator is all about. I want to actually give you those messages in a fun and easy, jolly way. So that way you remember it when you're faced with a decision you're making about your fitness, your health, your activity. Yeah, absolutely. How about your daughter? Does she, does she take this on? My, my daughter's very different. My daughter has her own journey that she's on and I would never ever force her. My daughter is a great makeup artist. Her work is brilliant. She's very artistic, just like her mother. Mother's very artistic. Now, interestingly, Abigail can paint on her face and do all kinds of wonderful designs on her own face, but she can't do it on canvas. Whereas my wife, she can do it on canvas, but she can never paint her face. You know? oh, yeah. yeah, my son, who is, um, he's 38, he's, there was a point at which he was very overweight, but it was a light bulb moment for him when he said, listen, I've got to take embrace fitness. And then he went hell for leather. Now he's got muscles everywhere and he runs 20K. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Gone all out. Yeah, all out, yeah. So how do you cope with stress in your own life? Well, with me, it's, it's, I've had to cope with it um, in a number of ways. And, and there are certain messages that I've always given out. Now, it doesn't always work because it depends on what the degree of stress is you're going under. I always say to people, if you're getting feeling stressed, get away from it. Go to a photo album, you know, look through all your wonderful pictures in your photo album. Uh, go for a walk, find a room in your home that you can hide in, uh, whatever, just to get away from what's going on. But I didn't embrace that message fully because when I was under serious stress coming up to Christmas when we lost my granddaughter, I didn't recognize the stress I was under because for me I had to be strong, I had to be upright, I had to not cry when everyone else is crying. And then that allowed the stress to manifest inside till eventually knocked me for six. And literally, uh, there was a day when it's like, all the energy out of me just got sucked out and I'd literally just collapsed down and I realized exactly immediately what it was right and so I had to basically hold myself up and admit that I'm stressed and when you admit that you're stressed then you can do something about it but if you're in denial about your stress you'll never ever be able to deal with it um so you're back on our television screens Mm. Regular. Hey, he is back. Um, How have things changed? Because it's been a few decades. Well, it's actually, you know what's happening? I have changed. Mm. The message of fitness has not changed. Every single one of us, no. You've got an animal, leave it in the house, don't let it out, it's going to rip the house apart. So what do we do? Take the animal for a walk. So we all know that we need to do something. We can repackage fitness as many times as we like, call it, blew this and hit this and whatever it is but at the end of the day it boils down to exactly what I used to do at school called interval training or circuit training it's all the same you can give people drumsticks in their hand and get them drumming right you can call it new exercise regime no people always used to drum it's just that we didn't call it exercise right right? and so it goes on right so it's always been there for me BBC has allowed me to actually start having that voice So I do a regular slot where I go out and I meet people who are doing wonderful things for other people, helping out. You know, I did a wonderful item the other week, which is all to do with, you know, a lady who basically set up cooking extra meals. You know, she'll cook 
every evening and then she'd do an extra pot of whatever she's cooking. Then she'd advertise it on um, Facebook and then you could come and collect a meal from her home. Oh, right? that's nice. I mean, those are wonderful, really? great mm. feeling. So that's how it's changed. I, I've changed, I've evolved and I'm now very different. I've got a voice which is um, very different. And have you asked, how do you, how do you relax? Like you're obviously very fit and active. What do you do to wind down? I don't need to wind down. I love being high. <laughs> I don't want to wind down for. Come on. I love apple crumble, right? Why am I going to give up on my apple crumble? You crazy? Never. But do you ever have days where you're like, oh, I'm struggling today? How do you pep yourself no. up? No, never happens. No, because I think if you practice being positive, you'll always be positive. Okay. Oh, really? Yes. If you tell yourself today's got, oh, I feel horrible, or today's a rough day, what have you done? You've set that tone. You set tone. But if I say, you know what? Today is going to be a great day no matter what. And I do it with a smile on her face. And I look in that mirror and I go, you know what? You're all right, you know. In fact, you're not just all right. You're fabulous. <laughs> what am I doing? And that works. Of course it works. Do yeah. it often enough, you believe it. Come on. Yeah. Well, you, it obviously does work if you are... Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, look at me. Look at I him. Mean, He's beaming. I mean, can you believe it? How many people go home to the second best looking man? <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> He's the food. Disappointed people all around the country. <laughs> I love it. to try these things out for ourselves and invite you, dear listener, to join in with us. So we asked Mr Motivator to set us all a challenge. I think one of the most underrated exercises, and yesterday is probably one of the most important exercises that we should all do every day. And if you did nothing else, you just did that, it's going to make your legs stronger, it's going to work on your posture, it's going to be really useful for later life. And, and here's the challenge. If every single one of us make a point of every hour you leave one minute out, and that one minute is what you're gonna use for your health. Here's what you do. All you gotta do is you gotta stand up. And all you do is make sure the soles of the feet are on the floor, legs are apart, yeah. okay, right, right, and right. And all you're gonna do is you're just gonna push and stand up. And when you go to sit down, you slowly go down. Oh. Engage all the muscles, engage all the muscles, right? right. <laughs> oh, I did a bit of a flop down at the end there. <laughs> you mustn't drop down. Oh, That's important. You've got to engage. You've got to engage the core okay. and engage the leg muscles. So it's basically... You're... And if people are having problems getting up, the easiest way, if you listen to my voice, I'll talk you through it. You slide to the edge of the chair or bed, okay? You bring your heels back towards the chair or bed, put your hands on your thighs. Now you're gonna rock three times. You're gonna keep looking into the corner of the room. You rock three times and on the third time you push. Here we go, third time with all your might. You push, make your head come up last and you stand up. Oh, oh baby, doesn't that feel good? Give it a try, give it a try. Why don't you give it a try? Thank you so much to Mr. Motivator. I can't tell you what a joy it was to talk to him. And you can find out more about him, his workouts, his live events, and all the work that he's still doing today at mrmotivatorsclub.com. And he's also got a great Instagram account as well. So check that out. He's at real Mr. Motivator. And I should warn you now, there are quite a lot of other Mr. Motivators out there on Instagram. <laughs> Hence the real element of his handle. So just make sure you don't disappear down a rabbit hole of wannabe Mr. Motivator motivators. So I'll say that again, at real Mr. Motivator. <laughs>
Can I just pause a moment to ask you, did you go down a rabbit hole of the other Mr Motivators? What do they, are they trying to look like him? Some are not. Some it's just kind of motivational content. Some is definitely a kind of wannabe following in the footprints of <laughs> our man, Derek Evans. <laughs> Some of them may be born in the 90s, not aware that they're yeah. stealing the name of an absolute legend. Well, this is it. We have made this assumption that everybody knows who he is, but they're going to be people, 16 year olds, who are like, no, 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 don't know. Never heard of him. No. Yeah. Anyway, what an absolute... What a high point of our careers, Kate, to have chatted really to the was. man, the legend on this it very really podcast. It really was. And that moment when he stared deep into my eyes and said, I, I love, love you. you. <sighs> that was a special, that was special. <laughs> I did feel slightly jealous. <laughs> it, was, it was unexpected, um, but much appreciated. <laughs> and I'm still living off that moment to today. <laughs> Do you know what? I've, yeah, it was, very, it was obviously very special and I did feel that I was missing out. But I think maybe I brought it on myself by saying to him, I, actually, when I listened back, I did cringe a little bit. Did you notice the moment where I really insulted Mr. Motivator by <laughs> quoting somebody who said he was the Joe Wicks for the old people? I mean... <laughs> I mean, it's everyone's dream to be described as that, right? Yeah. When the person he, he said bristled. it to me, oh God, when the person said it to me, and I can't remember who it was now, so I can't even name and shame them. I remember going, oh, you can't say that. He's, he's been around long, long before Joe Wicks. Like we were like, oh, that's, that's well rude. And then I went and said it to the man himself. Well, that's the danger of a live in interview. Sometimes mouth and brain just completely disconnect. And this happens to me all the time. <laughs> you're saying things, you're like, what am I saying? Stop talking. Stop talking. <laughs> Why am I insulting this man? I'll tell you what, he's not going to love me. And no, he didn't. He loved Kate. Oh, oh stop <laughs> it. He loved you just as much. <laughs> nope. And that is why. Um, but what a, what a lovely chat. What a yeah. lovely man. And yeah. what a positive man. What a positive man. I mean, it's very infectious being around him, actually. Yeah. That positivity and that kind of... You, it rubs off on you, doesn't it, actually, when you're in their presence? Yeah, it does. And, and particularly inspiring because he's had, he's had quite the life. And before we, as you probably heard, dear listener, I referenced quite a lot a talk that he did before our interview, which was kind of kicking myself about when we were editing an interview together with him. Because obviously you, lovely lot, didn't get to listen to that talk that I kept harping back to. <laughs> but in his talk, he shared quite a lot of information about his life before he became the Mr. Motivator that we know today. Mm. So he was born in Jamaica, but he was given away at three months old to another family. And he then had quite a turbulent childhood he's talked previously in the public domain about sexual abuse that he experiences um, about beatings he had a very abusive violent um, stepfather was he, it or adopted father adopted father um, he eventually ended up being homeless he had a small child while he was homeless and was looking after her living in a hostel and that's really shaped I think some of the things, some of his approaches to, to life and to being grateful. He talks about it in our interview, didn't he, about just being grateful that you, you have food, you have choice over food in yeah. the cupboard to be able to open the fridge and choose what you're going to have for lunch. That is a massive privilege in itself. Mm. So he's been on, on quite the journey before he became a fitness instructor and started doing exercise classes, which I feel like I have to reference. He started doing exercise classes in Harrow Leisure Centre. Now, this is where I grew up, near where I grew oh, up. Oh, is it? 
I used to do gymnastics in Harrow Leisure Centre when I was a wee little lassie. <laughs> oh my so. God. That. You two have got so much in common. That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what I will say, though, is, yeah, it's definitely infectious. And I absolutely love that he, like, yeah, he grew up in adversity and he has managed to totally mm. turn it around. And he is one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. Um, yeah. and, but I will just do a caveat with that you know he's like I wake up in the morning I say today's going to be a great day and it is I you know if you're suffering from depression or if you know we've all got a range of there's a whole bunch of us that that's not going to work for so we know that that's not necessarily a fix-all that's going to be applicable to everybody but absolutely brilliant that that works for him absolutely completely and I think that's a a thing that's worth a point that's worth making Mm. definitely um he does have an autobiography out as well called The Warm-Up, The Story Behind the Lycra. So if anyone more <laughs> does want to go and find out more about his life story, <laughs> then head over to your local bookstore and order The Warm-Up, The Story Behind the Lycra and you can immerse yourself in the Mr. Motivator story. That is a, such a brilliant title. I love it. <laughs> I know. Absolutely love it. It's incredible. <laughs> so Gwen, how did you get on with his exercise challenge? Because I think it's fair to say that when he set it with us, our initial reaction was... I'm not a 60-year-old woman. I know how to stand up off a chair. Yeah. And I I remember thinking as he was saying it, thinking, oh, this isn't going to be challenging enough for us and for our listeners. And thinking, oh, maybe we should get, you know, somebody else to do. Maybe I should get my personal trainer, Sheila, to set us a a real challenge. But then I tried it. And then... Yeah. (laughs) And what I realised was, he's like, if you remember to stand up without your hands, and I realised wherever I'm sat... Whenever, whatever time of day, I'm always using my hands to help me get out of that chair. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so my biggest challenge actually was remembering to do it. And so I have to admit, I didn't remember to do it all that much because I'm always <laughs> pushing myself up out of my chair. I know. It, I'm exactly the same. And it really surprised me. I thought, you know, of all of life's challenges, I think standing up is not something <laughs> that I'm <laughs> going to struggle, struggle with all that yeah. much. But he's right. It's not the simple task that, OK, that's not what I mean to say. Not that it's not the simple task. It is simple. But as far as the physicality of it, it's a, to do it properly like that and then to lower yourself back down slowly Ooh, yeah. is genuinely a workout yes. in itself. So when I actually followed it with him, which I hope you did as well, dear listener, that when he was actually talking us through it the standing up it's kind of relatively easy and doable without your hands but then the lowering back down slowly you realize yeah it's it's not as easy as it sounds and actually if you were to do that as often as you can remember to do it then I think you're going to get much stronger Yeah. yeah And, and we've got to set this stuff in motion now, haven't we? So we are That's stronger it. when we're older. So you're future-proofing yourself, aren't you, by doing these exercises now yeah. and getting that key and that core strength, Yeah. making sure that actually in 20 years' time you're going to thank yourself for it. Yeah, and it's important for us. But, you know, I also, I do think it's never too late. Like, I really want to play this to my mum and my dad, you know, and just kind of drum into them as well the importance of keeping your fitness up yeah and and also just it's important that we don't take our current fitness for granted at all that's a really good point because I sometimes get a bit blasé because I'm lucky enough that I've been relatively healthy all my life 
I it's really made me think actually about the way that I exercise. I would say I exercise once or twice a week, and it's just not enough. Mm. I think I need to be doing something every day, and that something oh god, go easy girl. Yeah, well, that something doesn't have to be a hit class or an hour long run or whatever, but just something that involves moving your body. Because you made yeah. a good point about in the interview about sitting behind your desk is the equivalent of being bed bound. Yeah. And my work is all sat behind a computer. Yeah. And so some days, and I work from home, so I don't even have a commute where I can walk, cycle, or any of those yeah. things. So some days, really, I sit in a car or I sit by my desk. That's my day. Yeah. Do you know, I heard this art, this podcast, Michael Mosley, who is a regular on Radio 4, isn't he? And he does yeah. this podcast, which I'm not going to really remember the name of. It's It's called like one good thing or something anyway it's like a 15 minute podcast and it's all about these one thing you can do to make your health better and one of them is standing up at your desk and I've actually got Uh. a coffee table a light little side table which I can put on my desk and put my laptop on it so I alternate between standing and sitting okay and yeah so you're just more active when you're standing and working and you're using muscles and to break up the sitting yeah yeah that's a really good point, actually. I might try and do that because yeah. you, you stand with better posture. I can feel, I've become aware recently, I can feel my shoulders beginning to roll in a little bit. Particularly mm. if I'm editing and I might hunch up and get really into it like a little editing goblin, you know, whereas actually I need to kind of really stretch it out. Yeah. You know, all the trips to the fridge I'm doing are actually good because you need to be walking down your stairs and up your stairs at least once an hour. Or in yeah. my case, sometimes twice an hour, just to yes. see if anything's magically appeared in there. But also, yeah, like you said, just making sure, because I can go days without <laughs> real activity. And yeah. especially since becoming an absolute invalid, cutting my leg on holiday, oh, um, that I've not been walking since because it's just been so painful. But I've really felt how it's affected my mood. My mood okay. is so much better when I'm walking in the morning. Or Interesting. Yeah, or going to my gym class, my mood is immediately improved. That's really interesting. And I completely agree with you. I'm the same. If I'm not exercising regularly, I can feel it. I get in a real funk and I feel a bit low mood. Head feels a bit fuzzy. I don't feel like I've got the clarity when it comes to my sort of thoughts and decision making. And as soon as I'm exercising regularly, I've got more energy, more spring in my step. The more I do, the more I've got the energy to do. And the less I do, the less I am motivated to do. Absolutely. So it becomes this this self-fulfilling thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and everything seems more possible. I think that's the other thing as well. When I get into a funk and I kind of get like, oh, everything's shit in life. And then I realise, oh, I haven't been walking for a few days. And if yeah. I get back into that flow, everything becomes more well, more positive, doesn't it? And, you, and yeah. everything feels more possible. 100%. And actually a story Mr Motivator told us off air was after very tragically his granddaughter age 12, died from meningitis. He was saying about how with his family in the aftermath of this, they were all together um, in the lead up to the funeral. Very, very difficult time. And he decided to do a group workout with them. So they all got together in the garden or whatever room they were doing it. He blasted on the music, did a proper workout with them all. And by the end of it, they were laughing, they were smiling and they just were saying, oh, God, that was just what I needed. Release the tension, release the pressure valve a little bit. Yeah. All be together. All That was on the day of the funeral, wasn't it? 
it was on the day of the funeral, that's it, yeah. Mm. We'll be together, all kind of share that experience and just let it all out. And I think that says so much and it totally links into what you were saying. Yeah, there's there's a lot to be... I mean, can I just say only Mr Motivator could get away with that? I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> At a funeral. That's yeah, not for exactly. everyone. With his nearest hey and dearest who... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. RIP your husband, but hey, I've got a Jane Fonda workout and I thought, <laughs> go with me here. I just thought it could really help. Yeah. <laughs> I guess you've got to have lived with someone for a long time and know what makes them tick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, the other day I was feeling really oh, a bit like stressed about work and I'd been in the booth for hours and I couldn't quite get this read right. And I was like, oh, I need to get out of the headspace and go downstairs. But I didn't have time to like go for a walk or anything. And I just remembered my my counsellor telling me to dance it out if I've got, you know, when it's, you know, you've got stuff in your body. So I put on this tune really loud and I literally jumped around my kitchen yeah. and was dancing and just got really active and it really switched my mood. And did it? Yes, it really did. Brilliant. And I was a bit like, I mean, God, I remember being stressed like in my 20s and going to the doctor and him saying to me, you just need to do exercise. And me being like, no. Like, <laughs> yeah. and my, I remember my husband at the time, he was also telling me to, to do exercise. So I was like, how dare you stop telling me to do bloody exercise. And then finally. Why do you hate me? Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love me? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? Finally, when I got into exercise years later, um, I realised just how true it is. And it bloody yeah. fixes everything. It really does. It's powerful yeah. stuff. Yeah. And when I'm in a funk, I often just go, I, yeah, it will take me, may take me a day or two to realise, but I just go, oh, yeah, I've not been active for a few days. I'm exactly the same. Oh, I need to move. I need to get out. I need to move. And yeah. I know it will make me feel better. It's hard, though, isn't it? Because the one thing that feels difficult when you're in those funks is to move. <laughs> but you know it's going to help. <laughs> now, Gwen, this leads me on to the next question then. Are you going to do it again? Are you going to carry on trying to do these exercises, Mr. Motivator Setters? Are you going to make any changes to the way that you approach exercise in your everyday life? Um, I mean, look, I would love to say I'm going to practice standing up and sitting down over and over again. But as this week has proved, I found it so difficult to even remember to do it. But I've, I am really aware that every time I stand up, I'm like, oh, shit, I use my hands again. Um, so I will. I will. If I can remember, I will try and do a bit more standing up without my hands. Um, and yeah, I think I think this is especially topical for me right now because I've been really out of the exercise loop and feeling a bit of in a bit of a funk because of it so sure. it's been nice to be reminded that oh, it's so important for your mental health as well as your physical health and I just need to get back out there and I don't do much you know I go to my personal trainer once a week and the rest of the time I'm just walking or I'm jumping around in the sea I don't although you know. walking is really good for you now I, I'll let you tell it in your own words but your personal trainer gave you a great top tip didn't she about if you only do one thing do this yes so she was saying this is Sheila from from the Isle of Sheppey she's got um she's got a gym in Cardigan check it out anyway she was saying 
Um, if all you do is walk for 10 minutes after every meal, so three times a day, you're walking for 10 minutes each time, so that's 30 minutes a day, it's 360 minutes a week. I've oh, maths. I don't know. Take, take your word for it. 420. Anyway, um, <laughs> she said if, you, if all you do is walk 10 minutes after every meal, then you are going to really transform your fitness. Like, you know, if you're going from zero, just do little bits. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it all counts. It all adds up. Absolutely. How about you, Kate? Yeah, I think I will because I've, I've always done a lot of running and that type of exercise, but I really want to do more strength-based exercise. And I think the standing up and sitting down, although I'm slightly concerned, you know, the the slowly lowering yourself down onto a seat so that you really strengthen all those muscles. People can think I've got hemorrhoids <laughs> every time. Every time I go to take a seat, they're like, oh, easy does it, Kate. Oh. <laughs> Lower myself onto my cushion. <laughs> but what I would like to do is I would like to exercise more often. What I tend to do is I'll do two and two sessions a week and I'll really go for it in those sessions and I'll be dripping with sweat and I'll be exhausted and the next day every muscle in my body will ache was I think probably what's a better approach is if I do something every day whether that's a 10 minutes walk after my meal or whether that's something a bit longer and a bit more hardcore I think that's probably going to be better for my health yeah. so that's what I'm going to try and do yeah no that sounds that sounds really positive and I'm going to say we we're not going to end up as positive Mr as Mr motivator no matter how much we try that's fine with me but I would like to get the phone number of his personal tailor. That would definitely bring some joy into my life. <laughs> oh my god, if you dressed like him it would bring me so much joy, Kate. Please do it. <laughs> <laughs> for listening to write up my podcast you can email us at write up my podcast at gmail.com we love to hear from you and also head over to instagram and twitter where you can find us at write up my please subscribe and follow wherever you listen and if you have an apple product then please go over to the apple podcasts and rate and review us five stars please and if you are so inclined please pass us on to your friends i know they'd like us and if you want a little bit more Write Up My Podcast, a little bit more Gwen, a little bit more Kate, then head over to Patreon and join the Rump Club where we do weekly Wiffle Waffles for as little as £3 a month. And you can find us at patreon.com slash writeupmypodcast. And thank you as always to our wonderful team of talented people who help us put these episodes together. The wonderful music is by the wonderful Andy G and the gorgeous artwork is by the gorgeous Erica Francis-George. We'll be back in a couple of weeks where we talk to behavioural psychologist Sheru Izadi about how to change habits. But in the meantime, keep trying things to make you feel good. Bye-bye. Tell me, did you like the podcast, Brian? No! Oh. If unlike Brian you thought our podcast was really great, then don't hold back, like, subscribe and tell your mate. But if like Brian you thought our podcast wasn't fun, then just keep quiet, don't feel the need to tell anyone. We'd love to hear from you if you've got some thoughts to share, such rich and lovely views that all should be aware of. 
but I hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great. And if you did, like, subscribe and tell your mate. Because we don't need grumpy pants bringing everybody down. No, we don't need negative Nellies making people frown. No. So I hope you liked our podcast and you thought it was really great. And if you did, like, subscribe and tell your mate.